What a privilege to open the Bible today and thank you so much for taking time to be with us today in God's presence. I've got three prayers in my heart for you today. I pray that you're well. May you be healed and whole and strong and encouraged. It's been so good to hear some stories of healing and strengthening over the recent weeks. Keep trusting Jesus with your mental and physical health and please reach out if you need support. I also pray that you're ready to share Jesus. People are looking for hope and opportunities are going to come to you to share him. A few days ago, a plumber was in our house and he knew what I did after a conversation, but the moment comes when you have to step out. And I simply, as he was leaving, I said, so then what about you? How about you and Jesus? And we had a brilliant conversation just talking about what faith means and what it means to know Jesus in your life. A few weeks before that, I had a phone call that was unexpected. And on my phone, it said, uh, unknown caller. And so I answered the call and I said, hello. And the person says, I've got a missed call from you, mate. Who are you? And I said, I didn't call anyone. Who are you? And he said, no, I've got this missed call. Who are you? And I said, I, I haven't called anyone. Who are you? He says, what's your name, mate? I said, what's your name, mate? And then he proceeded to absolutely give me a torrent of abuse and bad language and threats and just speaking in a way. And I just waited, kept saying little comments, waited and waited till he ran out of steam. And then I seized the moment and I said, can I say something to you, my friend? I said, the reality is today you've called a man of God and I want to talk to you about knowing Jesus. And we had a very interesting conversation for about 30 seconds. And then at the end, he began to stutter, began to lose steam. And someone else came on the call and said, really sorry, mate. We're doing some prank calls. Sorry about that. And I thought, yes, we got there. Doesn't justify his call, but it was exciting to tell him about Jesus. I pray you're well. I pray you're ready to share Jesus. And I pray that you're growing in your faith. In this unique time, it's possible to stagnate, to drift and lose our zeal. We get weary and disappointed, even frustrated. Listen, these next few weeks are a time to grow. It's God's heart for you to come out of this season full of faith, strong in the Bible, filled with the Spirit and ready for the most fruitful time of your life. Keep fighting for your devotions, devour the Bible, keep worshipping, get in a small group and keep praying with others. I pray you're well, ready to share your faith and growing in your faith. And today we begin our new series on character like Jesus. And I want to start in 1 Samuel chapter 16, because Samuel the prophet hears a word from God. I'm sending you the Lord says to Jesse of Bethlehem, I've chosen one of his sons to be the king. God speaks, so he sets off and he gathers Jesse and his sons, seven of them in the room. And one by one, they come and stand in front of Samuel. And the Lord says, none of these are the ones. So Samuel asks a question, do you have any more sons? And we read there is still the youngest, Jesse says, he's tending the sheep. And David sent for and he arrives and listen to this. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. Wow, powerful. 
We can draw so much from the latter part of this passage. Even if we're not included, God knows where we are all the time. He's not forgotten us. If we're faithful, he can open any door in our lives. So we must keep trusting him that he's working out his plan for us. He's the door opener, the way maker. But the verse I want to focus on comes a little earlier in the passage when the first son of Jesse is brought before Samuel. When they arrived, we read, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before me. And the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. People look at the outward appearance. And that can be so true of all of us. We see the outer things, clothes and beauty, height, weight, possessions, material wealth, eloquence, class, intelligence. And we can be impressed by these things, trapped by these things, even favour based on these things. And we can also make instant judgments on looks, clothes, fame, gender, age and even colour. We look at the outward things and when we do this, we're so often wrong. A number of years ago, I was leading worship in a service and there was a man standing on the front row in church for the first time with his arms folded, just standing there looking at the screen and then looking at me, not singing. And this went on for a number of weeks. He would come in, sit on the front, fold his arms and look. And in my heart, I was judgmental of him. Yet this man, he obviously doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't sing. He doesn't enter in. He's a real distraction. It's difficult. And then one day after church, he came up to me and he said, hello, Pastor David. I said, hello. And we were talking and he said, I wonder if you're able to help me with something as a church. Do you offer language classes to help people learn how to read? And in that moment, I just felt this immense challenge from the Holy Spirit that I had judged him on his outer appearance. But the reason he did not enter in was because the songs were new and he couldn't read. My walk with Jesus is always teaching me that some of the most inspiring moments happen in unusual places. If we're focused on the outside, we'll miss them. One of our wonderful seniors passed away last year. And outwardly, you could have easily missed her. Simple person who deeply loved Jesus. She was very poorly. She had dementia. And she'd been really cared for by our pastoral team, living in one of our beautiful homes here in the city. And she was getting ready to go to heaven. And so I visited her. And I took my guitar into the home and I sat with her. She had a, a sore on the side of her face, so I kissed her on the other cheek. And we began to sing hymns together. Now, it was an interesting thing because after we'd sung one hymn, we had a pause and there was another beautiful Christian lady there with dementia. And I said to her, hello, how are you? And she said, oh, I'm so much better now that racket's finished. It really did me a boost for my singing. But we carried on singing and singing together as Pauline remembered some of the words. Now, I've been privileged in my life to lead worship at times in front of thousands of people. But as I sang with Pauline that morning, no stage has ever been more important than that moment. We can so easily look at the outward things. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter four that outwardly we are wasting away. 
outwardly, you and I, we're wasting away. The things we focus on, they're wasting away. We get older, we sag a bit, we, we can creak a bit, we waste away. And the verses remind us that the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God looks at our hearts, our characters, the real us. And what is character? Yes, it's morality, it's doing the right thing, but it's deeper than that. Character is the type of person we are. Reputation is what people think you are, but character is who God knows you are. I want to say that again. Your reputation is what people think you are, but character is who God knows you are. Character is who we are when others are not watching. Character is what comes out when we're tested. Character is seen when we succeed and when we fail. Character is how we respond when we're corrected or when we're wronged or when we're ignored, overlooked. Character is the true me, it's the under the surface you. Character is who I am when everything else is stripped away. Character is my heart and God sees it. Character is seen in my morals, my choices, my priorities, my motivation. Character is formed in the fire of life, in suffering, in tests, in questions, in pain. And of course, there's good and bad character. And I'm talking about developing good character. This type of character requires death to self, to deal with pride, to be honest about arrogance, impurity. Your character is more important than any outward impression you give. Character is about being trustworthy, honest, courageous, confident. And character is formed in a life walking with God. It gets deeper when I listen to correction, when I stay accountable, when I'm quick to apologise, willing to forgive. Character is seen in my love for others, my faithfulness in serving, my patience with people. We can think that the will of God is always found in the new and the pioneering, but the will of God is so often found in faithfulness, in the hidden and the same and the never giving up in the routine. It's okay to aspire to academic achievement, to fulfil your potential, to succeed. We should. Even letters after our name. But your character is more important than every achievement, every letter. We may be gifted and skilled, good looking, clever, popular, but it's our character that makes the difference. I want to be a great leader, an inspirer of others. I want to help people always reach their potential. I want to be a carrier of hope, someone who brings light in the darkness. But ultimately, I'm living for the audience of one. And I want the private me to bring joy to the Father. People have a view of who you are. They base it on what they see. But the Father who loves you more than anyone else knows who you really are. And your character reveals it. And we can so easily look at outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. Perhaps like me, you're a work in progress. 
And yet there's a longing in you to keep changing, to be more and more like him in the very depth of who we are. So where do we look for inspiration at this time? If we want to have our hearts changed, our characters formed, where do we look? We look at Jesus. Mark writing in his gospel uses these beautiful words. They, the people, were completely amazed. And they said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. In the Gospels, we read of a man who displays perfection in every aspect of his character, every area of his life, every stage of his development, every circumstance he faces. Jesus' character was perfectly balanced. There were no inconsistencies. He never spoke when he should have been silent. He was never quiet when he needed to speak. Mercy and judgment were blended perfectly in his life. Truth and love, they were outworked beautifully in his actions. He never needed to improve. He never needed to be pruned or to balance his character. It was always absolutely perfect. He never needed to change or apologise for any word or action. He confessed no sin because he never needed to. Jesus was the same inside and out, a man of complete integrity. He balanced independence and dependence, joyfulness and seriousness, majesty and humility. He balanced them perfectly in his life. At times, his majesty and authority blazed out. At other times, his humility shone through. But in all, his character was perfectly blended. He is altogether lovely. He equally loved men and women, young and old. He had no racial boundaries. He favoured everyone the same. He washed feet, touched lepers, and spoke to the marginalised and the insignificant. I love Jesus. He had time for the dirty and the needy and the outcast. He, he helped the mentally ill. He was there for the spiritually unclean. He loved the rich and the poor. He always had time for lost people. He is irresistible. His character is compelling. He spent his three years ministering and forgiving, healing and transforming, restoring people. And one day we're going to see him and he's going to be even more beautiful and wonderful than any of us have ever imagined. Who we really are is very important in life. The father who knows every detail of our lives, he sent his son perfect in every aspect of character to die for us so that we can become more like him. Each week in this teaching series, we will explore one character trait and see how it was shown in Jesus' life and how we too can live like him. We're gonna talk about Jesus and humility, Jesus and confidence, Jesus and compassion, Jesus and courage, Jesus and honesty, Jesus and faithfulness, Jesus and purity. I can't wait. We're all on a journey. And the heart of God in this series is for all of us to build our character. Now, we don't start from a place of regret and shame. We begin with the reality of hope and the certainty that God is wanting to mould our characters to be more and more like Jesus. The words from God to Samuel 
echo into our homes today. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. We look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So let's go on a journey together, TLC. Let's look at Jesus, of whom it was said, everything he does is wonderful. Let's be honest about our lives. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us in the weeks ahead. And let's let the Father mold our characters more and more like Jesus. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the words we have written that are so inspirational of the character of the Son of God. And thank you for the Holy Spirit who is working in us to enable us to become more and more like Jesus. I pray for every person listening to this message today that condemnation would go and a rising hope and expectation would come that you're in a process in us, changing us to become more and more like Jesus. Amen. Amen.